Hey, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Launchable Podcast. The conversation you're about to hear was recorded October 2019. It's now March 2020. Sasha's journey, what you're about to hear, is one of the most unique stories we have at Launch School. And for that reason, her story is one of my favorite. It's unique in that she came to Launch School very early on in January 2016 and finished Capstone in January 2019. That's three years. She did land a job as a software engineer in San Francisco, making well above $100,000. Now, that outcome is quite typical for us at Capstone. But what's atypical is that she had to overcome almost every obstacle you can imagine to get there. Like myself, she's an immigrant, but unlike me, she came to the U.S. by herself without friends or family and had to work minimum wage retail jobs just to get settled in. I get a lot of inquiries around whether one can launch a career, a great career, uh, a great job, get a great job, not just uh, not just to get your foot in the door job. Can that be possible if if they have some weird condition, like no college or no work experience or too old or too young? So it's my sincere hope that listening to Sasha's journey gives some inspiration and maybe a blueprint for making that transition possible, no matter what obstacle you have. So that's why her journey is unique, but it's also very universal. So I really hope you enjoyed the conversation and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Launch School Podcast, where we discuss education, programming, and how to build a rewarding career in software engineering. Welcome to another episode of the Launchable Podcast. Today we have Sasha Pradhan, who uh, is another Capstone grad. And uh, when did you when did you finish Capstone, Sasha? Hi everyone. Um, I finished Capstone. Um, I think it was January this January. Till the nineteenth. Yeah. Uh, and then a few months of job hunt, and then now you're. Uh, do you want to just tell people where you're working and uh, what you're doing? Sure. Uh, so right now um, I'm working at uh, Game Time United. Uh, this is a company that uh, sells tickets for sports and music events. I'm a backend engineer, um, and I have been working at this company since uh, this May. This May, yeah. So it's been about five months or so, um, roughly speaking, yeah. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're you're in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Yes, I'm in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, and just quickly, kind of. Uh, for those sort of earlier in the launch school program who may be wondering about this, what's your day-to-day like in terms of work? Uh, what technologies and stack are you working with? Um, you know, what is it? What is it like sort of being a, you know, yeah. a, a software engineer in, in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. So I work five days a week. Um, sometimes we can work from home if you have some errands to do or like some family stuff. Uh, also, we have like remote team in Portland. So I think... It's, I mean, like, I think sometimes uh, you can work, like, I mean, like, they allow, like, to work remotely, too. Mm-hmm. I start, uh, my day starts seen, uh, from 10 p.m. till, like, 6 p.m., but the... Uh, or 10 a.m., right? Huh? 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, did I say right. 10 p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might be working with, like, uh, European engineers or something <laughs> if you're working nighttime, night shift. Yeah, from 10, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m., but the uh, schedule is pretty flexible, so you can come earlier if you want uh, and then uh, leave earlier. But of course, like um, we have um, at our company, we have uh, such a thing as Sprint. Uh, Sprint takes like two weeks. And so in the end of the Sprint, sometimes we have to ship like a lot of stuff. And if we like shorten people or something, so we sometimes have to stay later, but that's okay. Uh, so our company uses microservices um, architecture. And so we have like numerous um, 
microservices. And uh, so some of our services are written in Python, some of them are written in Go, some of them are written like a Node in Ruby. And um, wow, just everything. Yeah, so at launch school, um, we all, we, I only learned like Ruby and JavaScript, uh, but now like I have to deal with like multiple languages. And uh, besides languages, there are other technologies. Like for example, we use um, Elasticsearch, we use Redis, uh, we use Postgres, uh, we use MongoDB. Uh, so there is a lot to learn and a lot of opportunities like to to grow. Yeah, I just actually recently published an article that talks about this point exactly, which is um, a topic around just-in-time learning and how important that is for uh, one's career, right? You have to be able to step into a role and just kind of learn the technology stack that your current company or, or team is using. And no matter what it is, it could be something that you're completely unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. And the yes. only way you can do that is if you have strong fundamentals. Like you can't just, you know, go learn uh, Python if you have no programming background. That's going to be too hard. Yeah. And so I think, like, what I noticed uh, that uh, launch, like, starting at launch school, it's not only about, like, learning languages, technologies, and, like, fundamentals. It's also about learning how to learn and learning stuff quickly. Uh, because once you, and, of course, about fundamentals. Why? Because once you have fundamental knowledge of what a function is, what a variable, it doesn't, like, it's a fundamental knowledge or concept which is, um, which is uh, which you find in every programming language, and so it doesn't matter what language you have to learn at your um, at your future job. Uh, but once you know what's variable is, what's the function is, what's like um, the return from the function, all these like fundamental things, you start learning a new language, and you just have to like kind of learn syntax, and that's it. I mean, like of course the specific of the language too, but you already know like what to look for, what to pay attention to. You already know like so I have to know. Uh, how does the function return this language? Like, how do you uh, define a variable and all this stuff? So you already kind of have a path, and it's not that scary to learn a new language or another new language. Like, so right. write, yeah, write code like in Go, in Ruby, in Node. Like, so I already like listed all this. Right, and that really is the only way forward if you want to have a successful career. In that, it's impossible to know everything. Right, there's this. Sometimes beginners are like, there's so much to know, and how do I internalize all this stuff? How do I gain all this knowledge before I'm qualified? And the answer is you don't. You have to have enough strong fundamentals so that you can do just-in-time learning at work. But too many people sort of try to bypass the fundamentals and say, just give me a chance. You know, I'm eager and enthusiastic. And if you give me a chance, I'll learn Python and Go and Ruby and JavaScript at work. Mm -hmm. Even though they they truly believe that, they don't have the skills to execute that. So focusing on fundamentals really unlocks this ability to pick up new things. So I'm glad that you're seeing that at at work and um, uh, sort of uh, uh, experiencing that firsthand, right? Otherwise, it's impossible to learn all these things and then get a job. That's that's, that's too many pieces of technology um, to possibly digest. I just wanted to add that, yes, and especially now, um, it can come and go, but currently, for example, like microservices is a very popular architecture um, mm-hmm. the companies use, and uh, it's just like you don't have that time, even if you're going to study, like I'm trying sometimes to do that, but uh, it's not working out very well, but even if you, like for example, if you have to know like a lot of technologies at your work you can study like even after work you can study like on the weekend it's still not enough time to cover everything 
uh, for this microservice um, microservices architecture. And so even people like sometimes I was like before I was scared that oh my god like uh, there are people like there are like more gifted like there are programmers that there are that are more gifted than me and they like um, catch everything like so quickly like I'm not gonna make it or something. But I still like so I'm surrounded with like uh, engineers who have been working uh, or ha have been like in the field like for ten years for five years. They still don't know something mm -hmm. in particular language or don't know something even about uh, our own architecture, and it's fine. They just ask questions and stuff. It's just not possible to know everything and be an expert. In exactly. Everything. Yeah, it's not knowledge. You have to have some prerequisite knowledge for sure. But it's really about you know you can understand and learn new things as as you need. Now I want to talk about that. I, I I'm glad you brought it up because you said that um, you know it wasn't the easiest journey for you, and I want to talk about that journey. But before we do that. I, uh, and I've been asking all our guests um, this season of the podcast to share their salary, if you're willing, or give a hint as to where you're at, just to, you know, um, provide some information regarding the type of job you're at. Are, are you willing to talk about that a little bit in terms of um, uh, how much you make in terms of salary, base salary? Um, or give well, a hint I'm... as to what, what, what it is, a ballpark? Yeah, I would just say that um, it's about 100000 a year. And um, I would just like to watch that uh, if you guys like uh, want to know um, the numbers, like you can go to Launch School website, and I can watch for the for those numbers because on our results page you're talking about like launchschool.com/results. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So right around there, yeah. That and again, that's um, I think just to show that it's 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 a it's a good job. Um, uh, again, salary isn't everything, but it's a proxy for a good job, right? That's how we describe yeah. it um, in the ballpark. It. Um, so you're in a great situation now. You're uh, you know in San Francisco, uh, living it up. <laughs> you know, working at a really interesting startup and um, just working on really uh, interesting technologies and learning. Um, all the things that I think a lot of people early in the logical program are, are trying to get to, right? A situation that people are trying to get to. Uh, so how did you get here? Like, what is take us take us through sort of the the process from the very beginning, right? Because um, it it wasn't necessarily like the easiest path for you. No, for me it wasn't. <laughs> well, it wasn't either. Um, even from the beginning when I came to US, I, I am originally from Ukraine, and so I came to US like. Um, How many years ago was that roughly? Like, so it was in two thousand eight. Okay, so about ten years ago, eleven yeah. years ago, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and um, I would like to point out that I came here without my family. My family still lives in Ukraine. I so meaning like I didn't have any help. I didn't have anyone to rely on. So I had to provide for myself, and also like I'm a um, I'm a woman. For women, it's usually like harder uh, to get jobs. I mean. Uh, or like to find good jobs, you know, like or to make like a lot of money, and um, also like uh, I didn't have, um, so I'm not, I, I'm still not a citizen. Um, I'm a resident, and so I started working as any immigrant, like uh, working um, all sorts of jobs. Like I worked at the restaurants, I worked at the grocery stores, small and uh, then at supermarkets, mm -hmm. uh, like. Before launch school, I started working at a bank. Did you go so to school at the time, or was it just working? 
Say it again. Were you were you going to school at the same time, or was it just just working? No, I couldn't. I couldn't afford going to school. First of all, like financially, because as an immigrant, you can't make that 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 much money, even right. for the college. Uh, you're not. Sometimes you don't qualify for the uh, financial aid. But also, if even if I would go to school, um, I couldn't because I had to work. Like even like to pay my rent and all and all my bills, I had to work, and uh, the pay was not that good. So like if you make like twenty dollars an hour, uh, you can afford like working maybe twenty hours um, a week, depending on your expenses, of course. But I'm just saying that. Right. But if you're getting paid like I don't know like eight uh, eight dollars an hour, like ten dollars an hour. I mean like you have to work like sixty seventy hours. Right. Um, just week. to pay your bills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just to pay your bills. I'm not like you don't you just don't have time for college, and it's not only like to go to college like for the for lectures. Also, after college, you have to do a lot of homework, and usually, like seventy percent of college, it's homework. You don't right. have time, for it. and also, you're always tired because right. you like, numerous hours. Yeah, it's impossible. So, yeah. It's impossible to. And, yeah, and so I couldn't go to school, though I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to get an education, and then after some years, um, uh, I knew that I need to find something. Um, so some people work like at the bank; they're growing their career there, you know, like at some other places. And it's not like, it's not what they want to do. It's just like, oh, the job is good. So I just like going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew for sure that I didn't want to go with the flow. I wanted like consciously uh, to have a job. Like I wanted to have a job that I would like to go. So I feel like I, I like to go to work every day. You know, I don't feel like bored or like, I don't feel like, oh my God, I want to get rid of this job. Like I want to find something else. So that was one of the reasons, and also the job where, uh, or a field where I can grow, like I can grow my career because I don't like the jobs where you can just like, you know, do your routine every day and that's it, and they don't let you grow. So I was like thinking like, what what field should I choose? And uh, I was thinking about programming, uh, but programming, or like as I thought, uh, programming or science was never my strongest I don't know, skill or quality. And I was not sure. And so I started like to, from trying like different like free tutorials in the internet. And so then I came. Uh, so and just once- from a timeline perspective, how, how, how far along are we now? So when you first came to the US, it was like 10 years, uh, yeah, 11 years ago. So 2008, uh, where are we now when you're thinking about programming? Well, you mean like in terms of? Yeah, I mean, was it 2008 that you were already kind of had some uh, very very initial thoughts about learning to program, or was it like working for a couple of years and then, you know, that thought started to come into your head? No, after I came to US, it was like it, uh, like five or six years past. I so see. I, so just survival at first, right? Just kind yeah, of you yeah. know get get settled, build a little bit of you know work as hard as you possibly can, and and build a little bit of a bank account, and then so maybe around 2013 is when you started thinking about okay, maybe I can do better than just. Working. Yeah, so time, time okay. to move on. Yeah, I, I felt a little bit like, you know, like safer, better. Uh, and I started working at the bank. So it's okay. like a, a better job. And I was thinking, I want to do something serious with like my career and future and stuff. And so maybe like five years ago, I started thinking about going into software engineering field. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So about 2013, 14 is when you really started to, to yeah. identify yeah. maybe programming as a career that you that you want to intentionally navigate into as opposed to just whatever job falls in your lap. Right. Okay. And where were you at this point uh, in, in the U.S.? Um, I was in Chicago. Chicago. Okay, great. Yeah, it's Finance Center. So, And uh, so how did you 
So we're now in 2013-14 range. Um, what, how did you first explore programming? Did you have any background in it? It didn't sound like you have any, had any no. programming background prior to that. Yes, I always was like, so my second nature is uh, always have been, uh, has been like art. Um, so I used, to, I used to like and I used to paint and draw and I went to the art school. So I would, I would never think, I, and I always actually thought, and I told my mom, it's like, I had, I always had actually a bad grades uh, for physics and chemistry at high school. And uh, I always told my mom about well, chemistry and physics and uh, the science subjects, like it's not my thing, mm -hmm. uh, it's not my strongest. And so I had this mental block as well for the programming. I thought, oh, it's not my thing. I'm right. going to struggle all the time, even if like I go through the school and stuff, I'm going to struggle. Right. And I want to like, you know, like be satisfied at work. I don't want to struggle every day. It seems mysterious, right? Programming, it seems like it's, it's only the realm of like people who are nerdy and good at math or something. Yeah, that's actually, I could tell now that that's actually a huge stereotype. Mm -hmm. And also another stereotype is like, oh, programming has uh, something to do with like a lot of uh, math. It's not. Uh, if yeah. you like. Computer science can be, but just yeah, application development programming doesn't have to be, right? Yeah. So software engineering, like uh, you, like for example, now I don't, I don't deal with math at all, and I know a lot of programmers they don't. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. There are there are companies where you like have to work on very uh, complex algorithms and stuff, and you have to have a very strong knowledge of math. And so, what was your major? Or did you did you go to college in Ukraine before coming to the US, or or just skipped it altogether? No, yeah, I started going to university in Ukraine, but I never graduated. Okay, so you came to the U.S. before finishing. So, um, and your major was uh, like art or something. It wasn't. It wasn't math or programming related at all. No, it was arts in the beginning, and then I switched to finance. <laughs> because mm, okay, so because so you're not using that at all, basically. Um, no. Okay, no. gotcha. Okay, so 2013, 14, getting into programming. Uh, how how did you how did you go about this? I mean, it's it. There's so many. You know, you're in a completely different field. Uh, you don't have a lot of friends and family. Did you know a lot of programmers um, that you can speak to? Or how did you go about like your initial research and investigation and just getting getting your feet into it? Well, I think the initially like because I like I loved arts and stuff and I love design. And uh, like when I was in Ukraine, I was um, very interested in, like in uh, 3D graphics. And my parents uh, even bought the computer because of me and because of my interest. And I started like to play with uh, 3D Max program and Photoshop. And I think that led um, later uh, to the interest with, um, I, I'm not, I don't remember how I came to the web design, but I remember that that uh, drew my interest to web design. In terms. So I started from front end uh, technologies like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, uh, because I like like, uh, design things and um, it was more like a creative and I always thought like I, I was one of those people who think like oh front end is fun and back end is like probably like uh, boring and not fun and then I decided and then I think back then uh, this field started to be like either like not popular but a lot of activities started uh, to happen in this field and I think that was a time when a lot of like schools uh, were founded like boot camps, like coding boot camps. Yes, yeah, yes, like yeah. coding boot camps. And so, so I read a lot of blogs, and so there was so much information you couldn't just like avoid it. Um, mm -hmm. And so that got me curious, and I started to do like 
my research, but I still had that mental block. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do programming. I mean, you can play it like I can do something or play with programs or programming in my spare time, like as a hobby, but mm-hmm. serious job, like I, I could never see myself as a programmer, a software engineer. And I also had that stereotype that, oh, it's mathematics and stuff and all this science and I'm so bad in it. And so I needed to decide if I want to do that or not. And so back then, there were like, and still um, there is a lot, but back then, because a lot of like schools uh, just started like online schools as well. Mm-hmm. And they all had or offered like uh, free tutorials and stuff. And so I played with these tutorials just to get the feeling what programming is, or like, can I do it? Or can I have fun with it? Like, can I, I mean, how does it feel? And so. I played with, played with all these tutorials, and so I figured out that um, it's not going to... Uh, actually, back then, I figured out that it's not going to be easy for me still, but I want to do it. I want to do it because I like challenges. I don't like something like that I can get easy, you know, and that would be interesting for me in terms of, like, that would motivate me to come to work every day because it's like, oh, what's, what problem I'm going to work today on, you know, like, or... So, what, so, for example, right now, even, like, even after launch one capstone, some days are not easy for me, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes I take my laptop uh, with me home and I spend some time on the problem that I have to work on at my, mm-hmm. at my job uh, because I still kind of struggle, but I like it because it challenges me and it doesn't let me, you know, like uh, relax and just, you know, like not moving forward. So, yeah. And so once I decided that I want to go into programming, I thought, okay, now I need a school. And so I was looking for schools, but um, there were a lot of schools who offered like um, short, uh, like quick results, like in three or four months or something. Yeah. 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 And now actually I'm uh, recalling like all the schools offered uh, you uh, some projects, like capstone projects or stuff in technology that are gone now. They were hot back then. But yeah, like now Angular they, or something that's... Yeah, Backbone, yeah. Angular, uh, all those yeah. frameworks. Oh I my mean, God. that's not gone for... I don't want anyone to think Angular's gone. It's just not as hot today as React, but yeah. Yeah, they're not gone, yeah, but no one, like, pauses about them anymore. I mean, some companies still use them, or right now, like, a lot of companies use React, uh, but it's, like, I mean, if I would just... If I knew Angular... Uh, or had some projects in it. Um, I don't think I had too like many chances to get hired. Uh, to, to yeah, to be right. Hired. And so I didn't like the idea of the. Uh, so I didn't believe in their philosophy or in their. Um, there were students who like graduated. It's interesting. From the- How did you recognize that? I feel like there's so many people who can get caught up in the hype and get caught up in the sort of. Um, prisoner of the moment if you right because yeah. you see what's yeah. hot today and then you you like today is react so it, it, it's just you have to kind of swim against the tide or the, to to just recognize well, that hey that's that's something that changes quickly right mm-hmm. and and yeah. you know there's a fundamental thing here concepts here right that you you should go for yeah but, well because i don't know i mean i think it depends on uh on the person, but you have to think like about, you wanna know the core things, like fundamentals. You don't wanna know like, uh, so for example, like you got you, you can learn like how to drive a car, uh, but if you wanna deal with cars, you know, or you wanna go into like professional, how you say that, like motorsports, right? You wanna know how the car works, like what's mm-hmm. under the hood, like how the engine operates and stuff. 
you don't only want to know like how the car, how to drive a car. And actually, like uh, if you if you ever watch like uh, some programs or TV shows with those Formula One uh, racers and stuff, they sometimes fix their cars themselves or they adjust their right. Uh, yeah, you have to know this stuff if you want to deal with cars. If you just like a driver, like for example, like if you're just using a website, do you have to know like how to make a website? You don't. Right. And so. I think, but those frameworks, they don't teach you these fundamentals. I mean, these frameworks are made of fundamentals, but right. you want to know the base, like the base stuff, you know, right. like it's the way I think about it is that these are solutions. These, yeah. I mean, what you want to know is that you want to understand the problems. Mm -hmm. So you, you're not actually interested in solving the solution, solving the problem necessarily, but you really want to understand the problem thoroughly and that as different solutions come out, you can. Uh, understand them fairly quickly because you already understood the problem. Yeah, that, that's, that's also, really the key. Yeah, I think that's also a problem uh, for people who didn't deal with programming because uh, for them it's just like words, you know, like Angular, React, Go, Ruby. They, <laughs> right. I, I, no, no, I'm recalling myself when I didn't even like write any single line of code. For me, it were just like buzzwords, right. Ruby. Angular and stuff. I didn't like differentiate. Like, is it this? So the framework is a solution. A Ruby is a tool, right? right, right. So you build a solution with Ruby language. You want to know the tool. You don't want to know the solution because you can create your own solution later. Or in order to understand someone's solution, you have to know Ruby. Right. And Ruby. I get emails all the time, right, where people say, "Hey, I found this other program, not logical, that covers all these things." As you said, it's like a buzzword soup. And yeah. so I noticed Logical doesn't. How come? Why? And and it's you know it's hard to reply to that because like what does cover mean? If you you know spend one day on a topic, is that covering? Mm -hmm. um, and most of these buzzwords are solutions, right? They're productivity enhancements, um, or they're they're somebody's take on a problem. Their solution. Their their opinionated solution. Um, but it's really about understanding the problem. I I think that's so important. I'm glad that you're able to see that. I think it's hard when you're first learning to recognize that. So, I guess um, th I guess this is how you ended up at Logical, right? You you yeah. somehow were able to sort of bypass. And I, I mean, a any Logical student I've spoken to has never said we're the first thing they found, right? We're always like the fifth or sixth or tenth or very very last thing they found after a long research period, just because uh, we get our out marketed a lot. So uh, I guess you were able to, again, bypass all those other options, found Logical, and you started Logical because it aligned with your learning philosophy, right, that you had for some reason. And so, and when, when was this? This is still a while ago, right? This is, because you were in Logical for quite a while, just a core curriculum. Yeah, I started Logical officially, like, uh, well, January is kind of very, um, January is my month. I started launch school in January 2016 officially, and I graduated like, almost, like yeah, I graduated from Capstone like this January. So anyway, that's uh, three yeah. years. Yeah, three years. Three years uh, total. Wow, that's 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 good. <laughs> that's a good amount of time. Yeah, it's a good amount of time, and compared to other students at launch school, like who like finish um, launch school usually like in half a year or a year. I'm like a veteran. Well, half a year would be super fast. <laughs> half a year, I haven't seen too many, but yeah, about a you know maybe a year or so. Yeah, so I, I guess, do you want to talk about that, sort of the launch school? Uh, let's talk about the core curriculum first, because even though you found this learning philosophy that sort of matched your uh, initial, uh, your own inclination, 
it, it wasn't like a silver bullet. It wasn't like, oh, and then everything magical happened, right? It was, it was still kind of, you know, you still had to work through it. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, you want to talk about your experience through the core curriculum and how you were able to stick with it for so long? Yeah, so, um, so once I started like enrolled in launch school in January, <clears throat> I start, um, because like I said, a lot of those boot camps, they promise like that you graded like in three, four months. And so there was like, and I was kind of like just stepping into programming, uh, not even like software engineering field, but only into programming world. And um, of course I had these expectations like, well, maybe not three, I'm gonna grade it, maybe not in three, four months, but maybe like in half a year or something. So uh, I had this expectation that it's gonna happen soon, mm -hmm. but I was so wrong. <laughs> so I didn't like, I, again, like I realized before starting launch school that programming is not something I am gonna be, um, I'm gonna like, I'm, I can be good uh, or it's gonna be easy for me. But I still wanted to do that because I'm, I'm just not afraid of challenges and stuff. And uh, so the core curriculum, and I think like later, the, the second part of the program was a bit easier for me. But the first, pro uh, the first part of the program was like the hardest. Mm -hmm. um, That's common, yeah. by the way. That's super huh? common. That's very common. It's common. Yeah. yeah, because we just start programming. We just start programming. We we just started um, a little thread. Uh, this is internal to you have to um, you have to sign in to see this. But in our community forums, um, there's a thread now that's going where people are showing their uh, uh, numbers in terms of their um, time commitment to each course. And uh, a lot of these are people who have been here for a while, and they they're almost mm -hmm. done with the curriculum. They're showing showing their numbers, and it's always the first couple courses that eat up. A, a, most of the time because you're learning how to learn you're learning how to think about programming you're learning how to you know just juggle your own time and how to study for a lot of people right and that just takes up a lot more time than just memorizing you know syntax mm -hmm. so that's a common thing so yeah sorry to interrupt um yeah go ahead Oh yeah, yeah. So that was the hardest part, and now I'm recalling to it was um, two or three first courses of Ruby, and Ruby is actually either one or the mo the friendliest, the mo like the friendliest language for uh, new programmers, or one of the friendliest. But still, it was kind of hard for yeah. me. Still a lot of subtle subtlety there, right? A lot of there's a lot of depth behind that mm -hmm. sort of friendly uh, uh, syntax. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of syntactical sugar, but you have to be able to read behind, uh, mm -hmm. to read um, along these lines and understand what's going on, like, internally. And so, yes, and I had, like, uh, a couple of assessments. Uh, so there was, uh, so the first, uh, the first course of Ruby, uh, there was an assessment, and I, I think I failed that assessment, like, twice. We, we use not yet in mastery-based learning, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> And in your case, it is a not yet, right? It wasn't a fail. Yeah, so, yeah, and only, like, the third time I passed, and still, like, I felt like that was not too strong from my side. So there was a second part of the Ruby course, and I also, I think I also failed the first, only one time, I think. Not yet, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, smooth sailing, but... I think this is where a lot of people will just like, you know, forget you guys. I don't know what you're doing here. You know, I, I, I have, you know, I have my own, I have my ego to, <laughs> to, to, to keep and I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. What made you 
keep the course? What made you stay? Because I think there's a lot of options out there. Again, the boot camps that are right there in Chicago, you know, that boot camp being a big one, but I think they, they closed. But uh, Chicago, um, you know, you have a lot of options, right? It's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. Why did you think about sticking with, you know, the core curriculum at launch school? Well, first of all, like, um, once I started launch school, I was like, pretty happy to see that I wasn't wrong about the uh, about my choice in terms of like the program structure and the depth of knowledge the program provides. So that's one thing. Another thing that it's a self-paced program. So not so many people uh, can afford, you know, like some people have families, some people have to work Mm -hmm. a full-time job, maybe two jobs. So you can't afford, like, for example, the Chicago Dev Bootcamp, they, uh, you have, you have to give up everything in order to study at their school. So with launch school, you can like, it's a self-paced program. You can find the time whenever you like. So you were working part-time at the time or working full-time at the time? I was working, uh, yeah. So I was working full-time and I was doing launch school. And so sometimes, yeah, I had, I had to spend all the weekends on launch school because of course I wanted like, uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So I had a boyfriend and weekend was the only time and he worked like long hours and weekend was the only time and we can like spend time together, go out somewhere. But there were like many times when I told him that, no, I have to study. I have to study. So that's, it was hard too. A lot of sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. That's why I I hear that story. A lot of people sacrificing family time and it, it, it just makes me feel like, well, we better put things that are worth it right in front of people and it they better be worth it from a long-term perspective right not a, just a gimmick right just learn this and get a job asap and get stuck again at a at another dead-end job uh mm-hmm. except you know now you're building web pages or something and uh in my opinion you know learning these fundamentals is the the, the real thing that's going to carry you um so whenever i hear people making sacrifices i'm you know yeah. I, I just have that in the back of my mind like know the fundamentals right drill those that's going to be the only thing that's worth sacrificing your time for yeah, so now after like these three years at high school and actually like earlier, I start realizing and I also like told my mom many times, it's not only, so what I gained in the end, it's not only the salary, it's not only the job I like to go every day. It's also like, so I got a profession, Yeah. you know, it's not only like all these results, like in terms of the job, but I got a profession, meaning like, no, like, I have it, like, and, like, I can be fired, I can quit, I can do something, but I can always go back into this field and get another job. So what I got in the end is not, like, a short-term resolve or something. You have real skills. Yeah. And confidence that your skills are marketable. Yeah, without... Without without the university degree, because yeah. that's common. Still, like a common old stereotype that it's very hard, like to find a job or like to be professional or to grow your career if you don't have a right. degree. And especially, and also the main benefit is like I don't owe that much money uh, worth buying a house. You know, right. um, yeah. you make enough money to pay it back, right? Our mm-hmm. our fee. I think, but I think going back to what you said about the career, I think that's so true. I think ultimately it's, you know, we use salaries to, I think just to convey the class of jobs we're aiming for, right? It's Mm -hmm. not really the specific salary number. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I really want to impress upon people is about freedom, right? It's it's confidence and it's freedom. Freedom to be intentional about where you want to drive your career, about where you want to go. If you say, I don't want to work in San Francisco anymore, then you can go work elsewhere. But... Mm -hmm that's your intention later when you have skills and the confidence to do so. And also at work, your day-to-day job experience is 
hugely affected by how confident you feel at work. It's not good enough, in my opinion, to get a programming job where you feel like you might get fired at any moment and you feel like you're working out of fear. That, right. that to me, is not a good place. I don't care how much you get paid. That is not a job worth uh, mm-hmm. vying for. Um, that's not a goal worth working towards because you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to like it. You don't feel like you have freedom to move around, even if it's a high-paying job, right? But it's maybe one of those mm-hmm. things where, like, you know, you know the CEO personally, and if that CEO leaves, your job is done, right? That's mm-hmm. not an empowered situ- situation. So developing skills that allow you to feel empowered, I, that's the absolute key. And by the way, that comes with higher salaries, right? Um, so salaries are a proxy for that type of job. And most programming jobs are not that. Most programming jobs are like change the website, do a little, you know, um, fixing here and there, and it's low paying. Um, and again, low paying is not the key. The key is that you're just not in a power situation. So for everybody that's in Capsule and Launch Quantum, just, you know, this is where we're going. That's why our curriculum is so rigorous. That's why we interview people from the start, right? We're aiming there. Um, I wanted to ask you about your, so the first couple, I wanted, I wanted you to maybe um, just wrap up your core curriculum experience before we talk about Capstone. Um, how long did that journey take you, the, the core curriculum, um, roughly? The core cur- curriculum took me, I think, like two and a half years. Two and a half years, yeah. And that's, that's you had to work um, and juggle all that, you know, full-time job. So it really pushed, you know, pushed that duration out. You know, I get asked this question so much, and there are people who can finish in six months, but there are also people who finish in two and a half years, right? Like that, right. it just depends on a lot of personal situation, but you have to pass all the assessments with mastery, according to us, and uh, however long it takes, kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, I, um, I just wanted to add that. Um, so I was thinking about that, like when I just started lounge school and I saw the like, students like finishing lounge school in half a year, and... You should understand also, like, you don't know that student personally. You don't know what's going on in his life or her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have your own life. So that student probably maybe lives with his parents and um, he or she, <laughs> no, I mean, like, he right. or she can afford not working right, right, yeah. a job or something. And uh, so he can afford, like, to spend full time on lounge school. Right. But some, some people cannot. Like, me, I, I couldn't. I had to work. Like, some people, like I already said, they like, have kids and stuff. And so for you, it's probably going to take longer. But that's fine. Because, uh, like, I was, in the beginning, like, I thought that, um, oh, I'm so bad. Like, I'm so slow and stuff. But that's not the... Slow and steady gets, you know, <laughs> gets the award at the end. Slow and yeah. steady. Or, yeah, and you don't know their backgrounds either. You know, we've, we've had people that come from boot camps other boot camps uh-huh. and then come to us i mean and if you come with no prior experience you know you're going to be not know as much as them or, or we have uh, working developers right people who've been working for a couple of years um, mm-hmm. we have computer science grads i mean it's it, it just everyone's so different that it's you know you don't need to compare um the speed with which people go through the curriculum um right. but just compare your understanding at each point i think that's the that's the most critical factor Okay, let's talk about Capstone real quick. So you did Capstone. You know, that also wasn't necessarily the smoothest experience, and that's pretty normal, actually, for Capstone. But do you want to just talk about that real quick, your, your Capstone experience? Yeah, so Capstone, um, I actually would go through that experience again, but though it was very painful for me, it was very hard um, for me because we had, and actually it paid off later, as I realized, 
so once we decided like what we're gonna do, we had to work with or like to learn some new technologies like pretty fast. And um, yeah, so Capstone was like kind of was very tough for me, and uh, it was hard like in terms of the schedule and um, knowledge. But in the end, uh, actually, Capstone helped me to get where I'm now. So. Yeah, Capstone is basically just-in-time learning. You know, um, so we have mastery-based learning through the core. You build up your strength and fundamentals, and then we basically transition into just-in-time learning, which is the type of learning that employers are looking for. Mm-hmm. Right, and and because when you go to work now, it's like, hey, uh, Sasha, we're doing this in Go, and I know you don't know Go, but take a week, right? And and yeah, like, actually, Capstone, what like like I mentioned before, I realized that when I started to work at my current job, I realized that it was very tough and hard. I never consumed that much um, information before for like in a short term. And, uh, but actually Capstone helped me a lot. Like right now I realize the benefit of the Capstone, one of the benefits is that you can consume so much information like for two, three days and you don't have like to spend like two weeks or three months uh, to, you know, like to, to solidify your knowledge and stuff. And um, yeah, Capstone was a very um, good experience. And I think one of the best things that happened to me because uh, it's also like, it, it taught me like a lot of things, like how to, how to look for a job, how to talk to people, how not to be afraid to speak like in public, though I'm not the best, not, not even the best. I'm not a good, I'm not good in public speaking at all. And plus English is not my second language, but, uh, it forced me to do all those things, to try new things, to get out of my comfort zone. And I'm very grateful for that because um, it's very useful and you will understand the benefit of it at your work and it's gonna help you a lot. Yeah, I, I think this is really the key. And I know that, again, I get emails where people just list this giant um, bullet point of buzz, buzzwords. But actually the two most important skills that you'll learn at Launch School, one is just learning how to learn it through the core, learning how to really deeply learn a topic and taking your time to do so. And identifying and having a respect for fundamentals and just knowing that if you have mastery of fundamentals, it really unlocks everything else. And then in Capstone, besides the technical topics, the sort of uh, meta topic that you learn in Capstone is this confidence to be able to perform uh, a robust just-in-time learning, right, for the specific goal that you're trying to achieve, right, whatever goal it is. You can do just-in-time learning in a very, very uh, short amount of time, as long as you have strong fundamentals, right? Like th- mm-hmm. there's a prereq there. So um, yeah, these two things are, are absolutely key. I really admire your journey. I feel like your story, so first of all, we, um, you know, we were, we were, we basically were uh, Tea Leaf Academy many years ago. Be- prior to 2016, we were Tea Leaf Academy and we operated slightly differently. differently. And I wrote a blog post about this, so I won't get into it now. So people can uh, basically Google like um, from bootcamp to mastery. If you punch in those words, you'll find a medium blog post um, that we wrote that outlines our history and journey. But um, uh, in 2016 is when we launched Launch School. So you were here in the beginning, <laughs> January 2016. Yeah, I mean, you were yeah, here from the start. The I feel like a part of the family because um, I didn't mention that, but actually when I just started like searching for a school, I found you guys. But back then when I found you, you were still Tilif Academy. Mm-hmm. And I was al- already like considering like um, to enroll into Tilif Academy. 
And then I went to Ukraine, I came back, and you guys turned into launch school. <laughs> it, I think it's a lot better. It's uh, far more rigorous. Anyway, that blog post lists the reasoning behind why we made this change. Uh, we did operate in a very boot camp-like fashion in the past, making the same mistakes that all the boot camps make, but we decided that wasn't good enough, so we changed to launch school in a completely different pedagogy um, after you know years of teaching people and, and taking everything we learn and building this, this program around a mastery-based learning pedagogy. So you're there from the very beginning. And even till today, I feel like your journey is one of the most unique. And one of the reasons for that is because of the duration, how long it, you were with us and how you stuck with it. You know, there, it, it's not uncommon to not yet the first couple assessments a couple times. Mm -hmm. It is uncommon to keep going. And um, the fact that you have this amazing perseverance and also um, the fact that, uh, and again, I get a lot of emails like this. So people say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I have this issue. And the issue is usually like, I'm too young or I'm too old or I don't have a college degree or I have a PhD. Is that going to look bad, right? <laughs> like the emails I get are just, uh, uh, if you put them together, they seem contradictory because they're concerned about like opposite things along the same spectrum, right? You know, or, uh, you know, I'm a woman or I don't have any programming experience. I feel like you have so many obstacles. You have like all those things, right? All those obstacles were in your way, right? You didn't have family and friends to support you even. You, you had to work, you know, retail jobs, you know, college, no college degree, right? Like every obstacle was in your and way. I, yeah. And I also have this mental blocks. Like I thought like programming is not my thing. Yeah. Um, programming is not your thing. And yet you persevered. And I just, it reminds me of the advice I usually give people and I say, don't give, you know, there's two qualities you, you need to have to be successful at launch school. One is not, don't give up. Two is follow instructions, right? <laughs> like if, yeah. you, if you don't give up and don't follow instructions, that's not good because you're just kind of going down the wrong way. But make sure to follow instructions that we give you and also just don't give up. And really that's it. Like that's what you've, you know, that's what you've done. And um, I really admire your immigrant story too because I'm also an immigrant. So I know when I was uh, going through elementary school, you know, my, my mom worked like, 14 hour days as a waitress, uh, making mm -hmm. basically $5 an hour. And while my dad was going to school and, uh, it's impossible to invest in your long-term future. So it took both of them to do that, <laughs> like two people. Right. And mm -hmm. it, it, with one person, it's nearly impossible. Right. And in, in, in the case of my parents, one was investing long-term, you know, going to grad school. And then one was just like paying the bills, working a mm -hmm. waitressing job. And uh, they did that for many, many years. Um, and it just took forever to build up any little amount of savings. Um, and then, uh, so my upbringing was sort of like in a very, grew up in the projects, the, the poorest of the poor. And then once my, um, my dad got to finish his PhD, you know, went to middle class and then upper middle class. And I went to like a private high school. You know, I went from mm these really rough neighborhoods to a private high school. And I saw the friends that I made from childhood, from elementary to the friends I made in high school. They're not too different in terms of their ability to learn and their intelligence and all these things, right? It's not, but the difference was really in their opportunity and in their, um, uh, the support they received. Um, and uh, I, I feel like it, it's just very hard to do what you did, but it's possible. Right. And I feel like I want people to know that if you're in a situation where you're kind of in this cycle of poverty, you're, you're, you're not alone in that there's people that have broken out before. Right. And I'm just speaking, trying to speak to individuals. I'm not trying to speak from like a policymaker perspective. Like 
you know, just work your way out, you know, I'm, even though all the, the system is against you. Not saying that, just saying from an individual advice perspective, mm-hmm. right? You, you can do it. May not be easy, but you yeah, can do it. That's, yeah, that's what I would like to say to all the students who like have these mental blocks or like doubt themselves, they, they can make it uh, at lunch school and stuff. Um, one of the things I would say that sometimes I look at the people who have something, you know, like they have like, like when I was, uh, when I just came to this country, I saw people like who had better jobs, like better salaries, better life, you know, and I was thinking, uh, am I worse than, than that person? Probably not. I mean, like we just different, right? I have like different knowledge, different background. That person has different background too. But, uh, in terms of like, I can also have those things. I can also have a good salary. I can also have like a good job. Like, uh, what does it take? To get those things you know so and all it takes is your work and effort and of course because some people already have some support from their families or because they were born in this country and stuff they have easier path to get those things you probably have gonna have like a harder path like a longer path but you can get there too one day and it's just like this thought never left my mind and i thought like one day i can have those things too it's just like it's not gonna happen today it's not gonna happen tomorrow maybe not in a year but one day it's gonna happen and i was like imagining myself and i said i want i want to have that life or i want to have that salary otherwise if i'm not gonna make that step now i'm gonna stay where i am and that's not what i want and also, if you don't try, you, if you, like, you can try and the worst thing ha- can happen, you fail. But if you don't try, how do you know if you succeed or fail? So like one of the mottos in my life I have, it's always better to try and fail than not try. Yeah, exactly. And I'm having taught so many students, um, I've started to recognize that it's unimportant where people are at in terms of their knowledge and skill set. Because uh, a lot of people say, hey, I, I've read these books or I have this experience or I can do this and that. Do you think I'll be successful? What do you think I'll, you know, what, what do you think will happen to me at the end of the curriculum, right? They'll ask me before um, signing up. Mm-hmm. What I've realized is it's, that's actually not too important. It's what's important is the trajectory. When you, so when you meet somebody, it's not what they know or don't know. It's really what is their trajectory? What is the angle of their trajectory? So like meeting you when you first started to um, learn a program and joining launch school, um, I don't think anybody would have been impressed by what you knew at that point in time, right? In terms of about engineering. But I can tell right away that the trajectory that you were on is a very steep slope. Like you were going up. And the reason why I knew that is because when you got a not yet, you were just like, okay, I'll come back, right? You didn't get defensive. You didn't say, well, I'm out of here, you know, see you later. You said, okay, um, I will study. Tell me what to study. I'll, I'll go do it and I'll do it twice as hard. And, you know, I'll come back and take the test again. <laughs> right? right. That attitude is actually the most important thing, because if you have a steep trajectory, a steep slope on your trajectory, uh, given enough time, that is going to overwhelm, overpower what you know, how much you know. So if you know a lot, but your slope is very shallow, right? It's mm-hmm. just going, it's, a, it's a, a horizontal line. Somebody who doesn't know as much as you, but is, has, a, has a steep slope is just going to overtake you. And that's happened over and over and over. Um, I've seen that happen. 
And so when I, whenever I meet new students nowadays, it's just about that, right? So I try to say things like, it's really about your ability to study, right? It's really about your ability to not give up. It's perseverance. It's these things. And so that's why I try to do my best to express that, you know, in the prep course. And again, it's not really about like, you know, what you know at this point in time. It helps a little bit, but really the, the slope, right, of your trajectory. Yeah. That's the key. All right. Well, before we go, any lasting words? I think you already said you already gave some advice, but any sort of last advice for people earlier in the launch school curriculum or maybe even prep, you know, before the, um, uh, they even started launch school or people in the 101, range? What Any advice for, for people like that? Well, for people, so I'll, I have one advice um, for people who just started launch school, for example. Uh, so once you enrolled in launch school, uh, just trust the process. I would say never like, uh, yes, you might have questions here and there and you have doubts and stuff like in terms of like, not only your abilities, but launch school program and uh, instructions. But uh, after three years at launch school, and like I mentioned before, like um, I was growing uh, with launch school together and I went through the capstone and now I'm working a full-time job, um, very good job, uh, highly paid job as a software engineer. And I can say with confidence, just trust the process. Once you enrolled, at launch school, just trust the process, follow the instructions. Uh, even if you have doubts, um, believe me, you will get there. For people who start launch school already and they are like in early courses, well, the only advice I would say, like, don't give up. And also, um, it will teach you not only like, it's not only about like learning programming, but um, going uh, through these assessments, uh, it will teach you like to overcome uh, the, pro uh, the problems even at your like future job because like I said uh, programming is not something like you know it's like the set of like stuff uh, like the set of like tasks you have to do every day and it's always uh, the same tasks every day it's like a new day for a software engineer because sometimes it's not it's not going easy like not for every engineer like even if you just started in the uh, in the field like I said even experienced engineers they sometimes have problems they like cannot solve like today. So if you have trouble to go through the early courses, uh, don't give up, just go through them. If you need like, just step aside, take a break, maybe a day or something. And if you need to spend some time, more time on something, just spend that time. And uh, I know when you just start, I have been there too, when you start uh, launch school and you constantly thinking, oh, I have to like, spend more time, more time on studying so I, I, I can get a job as soon as possible. Uh, this rush makes things worse for you. So, I mean, spend as much time as you want, but uh, don't have this like subconsciously or mentally in your mind that you have like to speed up the process. And if you struggle and you have to spend like more time on some topic or something or an assessment, just take your time. It's going to pay you back. It's going to pay you off uh, in the long run. In the two, three years, you'll, you'll see that. And you'll say, oh, my God, she was right. Or, like, I didn't see that back then. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. That's, uh, that's great. Um, so thanks so much for stopping by the podcast, Sasha. Happy to, happy to have you share your story. I think it's super um, motivational and inspiring. Um, and uh, have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Launch School Podcast. Check back for new episodes and don't forget to like, subscribe and review.